You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Now it is time to open up the gates. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents The Dark Theme Park Show. Hello, Creepy Kingdom. This is Tanisha, and James has made a huge mistake in letting me take over this very special episode of Creepy Kingdom's Dark Theme Park Show. So, I am getting to take over this very special episode to give some of my thoughts about the D23 Expo that just took place early September in Anaheim, California, right next door to my beloved Disneyland Resort. Uh, And I did only get to go the one day on Saturday, but throughout the weekend, I was paying very close attention to social media announcements, as well as watching a lot of the live streams uh, on the expo. So I'm here to share some of my thoughts, um, talk about some of the announcements that were made over the course of the weekend, of course, specific to the theme park um, and theme parks, I should say, uh, as well as talking about some things that weren't announced that I know a lot of us are scratching our heads about. Uh, So yeah. Uh, first things first, they announced some things for Disney World, um, which is great. They announced the Hatbox Ghost is coming to the Magic Kingdom in Orlando's version of the Haunted Mansion. Um, I am very excited for Orlando folks to have their very own Hatbox Ghost. I'm a little bummed because I there's part of me that kind of liked that it was something special to Disneyland. Obviously, if you know the Hatbox ghost history and how he was uh, sort of a figment of many Disneyland fans' imaginations for many decades um, because the original iteration was in the uh, Haunted Mansion for such a short amount of time. There's some photo evidence, some people, you know, sharing stories of this Hatbox ghost figure That just didn't work out. Um, And then, yeah, Disneyland got him back for the 60th anniversary of the Disneyland Park. Um, And so it was cool. For a while, it was one of those special things that if you wanted to see the Hatbox Ghost, you had to go to the original Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Um, So it it was nice to kind of have him as an exclusive figure. So part of me is a little bummed that it's not special to us anymore. That, But I'm also very happy for... Uh, our East Coast Diz nerds, um, that yeah, y'all are going to get to have the Hatbox Ghost too. He is a really cool figure. He's a really awesome staple of the Haunted Mansion. Um, so it is an exciting thing that now he'll be in both versions of the Haunted Mansion. Um, some other things. Uh, we got a somewhat opening date for the Tron light cycle coaster over in Magic Kingdom as well. Uh, It was, I believe, spring of 2024, so still kind of vague. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised on this one, especially myself, just given, you know, those of us who've been following a lot of the construction of the Tron coaster um, and what's been going on with that. um, It just seemed like they were really close to finishing. Like, I was thinking they were probably going to be able to open it up by... uh, the holiday season or maybe, you know, January, the start of the new year. Uh, but it doesn't look like it. They're saying spring. So that could be all the way up until May. (laughs) So, uh, who knows? We'll see. I'm sure a lot of us are going to be really paying close attention to that one. Um, and seeing when they do announce an official opening date. So, Bringing it back to the West Coast for Disneyland. Um, I have to say I was really surprised with the announcements or 
things that were not announced or even mentioned at all about the Disneyland Resort. I mean, obviously, they touched on a lot of things we already knew were in progress. So Toontown uh, and the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is coming. Uh, They touched on the Princess and the Frog, uh, you know, taking over at Splash Mountain. Um, The Downtown Disney reimagining that's currently in progress. They're doing a bunch of construction stuff as we speak, as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, And also the Pixar Hotel, which we knew obviously was going to get a rename. So they announced that's going to be called Pixar Place. Um, And yeah, so it was a lot of stuff we already knew. And then the only new things that they really announced, um, one was the new characters we were getting. So we were getting the Mandalorian with Grogu. So Din Djarin and Grogu were going to get uh, walk around characters in Batu that you'll be able to like meet and greet with, which is super exciting. I mean, for me, I'm a huge Mandalorian fan. Who doesn't love our precious little baby Yoda? So yeah, that one, that one was an exciting announcement. But again, even though it wasn't officially stated before, it was already something that everyone kind of knew was coming. You know, they already introduced Boba Fett and Fennec Shan. So we all kind of were like, oh, we're going to eventually get the Mandalorian with Grogu sooner or later. Um, So it wasn't a shocking announcement, but it was still a cool announcement. Um, and then we got the Hulk meet and greet, uh, the, I believe at the last D23 event, I don't think it was the D23 expo, but the last D23 fan event that I believe they did in Orlando last year, if I remember correctly, they announced this new sort of, uh, large character technology where they were going to be able to have, you know, these characters of epic proportions, be able to be characters that can walk around and, and meet and greet. Um, and so, yeah, they debuted that with a Hulk figure in Avengers Campus here at Disney California Adventure Park. Um, so, yeah, we got to see the Hulk meet and greet as of the recording of this podcast. He has already debuted in DCA. So a lot of folks have already had a chance to see it up close and in person. Um, I mean, it's definitely cool. I think... You know, obviously, the the movement of the character is still a little awkward because it is still such a huge character that, that the performer is going to have to be puppeting and managing, um, you know. But it, it still makes me excited of where that tech is going and what other characters we could get. I could just imagine, uh, you know, a giant Thanos figure walking around or a more you know, a fluid moving Baymax character um, walking around. That would be really cool. So the possibilities of what this tech could lead to as it continues to improve and get better and better. I'm yeah, I'm just excited for where it's going. It may not be perfect just yet, um, but uh, it, yeah, it just gets me excited of, of where things are going next. That's I think one of my favorite parts about Disney in general is they're always finding ways to do really cool new stuff and just continue to improve upon and build upon it. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, Also sticking in Avengers campus, we finally got some word about the third Avengers campus attraction. Um, And it's interesting because it is, one, very different than the initial concept that was presented when Avengers Campus was first announced to be coming. Um, I think the original uh, iteration of the ride that they had announced, it was going to be, at least from the way they described it, I think a lot of people were envisioning a version of the Avatar Flight of Passage ride that's at Animal Kingdom in Disney World. Um, but we were going to be sort of in these like jetpack type seats instead of flying on the Ikron. Um, and yeah, that it was sort of going to be one of those 
uh, screen-based, simulated type experiences where you're going to be like flying around and fighting with the Avengers. The new concept art that they dropped looks at the vehicle, at least in the photo to me, and I'm very curious to hear others' thoughts on this, but the vehicle kind of looks like the Transformers ride vehicle at Universal Studios. Um, So I'm a little unsure of what this new concept is going to be. They did confirm that they sort of switched up the kind of storyline of the attraction that now it's going to be a multiverse based storyline attraction um, and that you are going to be uh, going through this storyline where it's an alternate timeline where Thanos actually defeated the Avengers and went on to become King Thanos. And so now we have to team up with the Avengers to try to take down King Thanos um, in this alternate timeline, which could be really interesting. Um, I'm here for some Thanos in Avengers Campus. But yeah, the, the concept art is very different from what was originally presented. Obviously, a lot of people have been wondering for a while just because Disney's been pretty much silent on, you know, what's what the plan was and what's going on uh, with the third Avengers the e-ticket attraction, you know, we've been eagerly anticipating it for a long time. Um, you know, Avengers Campus only opened with the Spider-Man attraction, which is, ve- it's fun. It's very cute. Um, but it was a very sort of simple Toy Story, Midway Mania-esque type ride. Uh, and I think, you know, Disney may have set the bar really high <laughs> with Rise of the Resistance um, you know, our the previous new themed land being the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge um, obviously set our expectations really high of, you know, expecting sort of an epic e-ticket attraction to come to Avengers Campus. Um, and yeah, so we've just been waiting and not really hearing anything about it. So this is the first we hear about it. And now it's a, a new concept. So we'll have to see. Um, I'm interested to see where they go with it. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the concept art, to me, it almost looks like a Transformers-style ride vehicle, which makes me wonder if it's going to be that same technology and that same type of ride system. I don't know. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts. You know, I'm sure there are people out there that sit there and pick apart the concept art and really try to analyze what's going on. So I'm curious to know what other people's theories are as to what that attraction may be. Um, The other sticking with uh, California Adventure Park, we also got the announcement about um, San Francisco is coming to the Pacific Wharf, Um, which is very interesting. I think, you know, we're sort of seeing, it's been interesting watching the evolution of California Adventure Park, right? You know, everybody who knows the history of it knows that initially it was a theme park that was themed off of California in California. (laughs) And uh, it's now become much more of a, I guess, IP-based park. Um, They're really used... They've been utilizing... California Adventure for their IP that doesn't really fit into the original Magic Kingdom of Disneyland. And so they've been putting, you know, obviously we have Pixar Pier and all the Pixar things over there. Avengers Campus is now over there. Um, So they're definitely trying to, I think this is one, to expand a little bit more on the Pixar IP that is in the park. Um. And, you know, and then we're also retheming one of the last standing still California themed areas of the park in Pacific Wharf. So for folks who are maybe uh, Disney Worlders or just not familiar with Disneyland, um, Pacific Wharf was a part of DCA that was basically themed off of the San Francisco area, right? Um, so if you're familiar with like Fisherman's Wharf and the pier over there, 
uh, Ghirardelli Square, all those things that you can kind of find in San Francisco. That was what Pacific Wharf was themed off of. So you have the Boudin uh, sourdough bread uh, bakery. You have the Ghirardelli uh, soda fountain over there. And then you have a bunch of little food places um, so it's really just like an eatery area place you can kind of get food and hang out. So yeah, so not straying too far from the San Francisco theme. We're now going to the San Francisco theme of Big Hero 6. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. It'll be a cool change. It'll be something different. Um, I like Pacific Wharf, but uh, I'm not super attached to a lot of, again, the original you know, California theming of the theme park. I'm okay with kind of the transition, you know, Paradise Pier changing into Pixar Pier, I think was a great move. That area is just a lot more fun. There's a lot more things going on over there. You got the Incredicoaster, um, the Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind. So a lot of it is, it's it's nice to see a lot of the Pixar integrated over there and it's just going to continue to expand uh so i'm excited to see what they do with the san francisco retheming i think it'll be a great way to add some new life to that area of the park um again add that ip theming and but also still keep it the same like it's i don't it doesn't sound like it's going to be a huge transition over i know a lot of people were like oh no are they closing ghirardelli are they going to close down the boudin factory um and i don't think so they i mean they really wouldn't have to right because it's just going from san francisco to san francisco so they they could keep a lot of the original stuff um and just kind of change up the paint so to speak so that'll be interesting and I think that's a lot of the stuff that was officially announced. And then Josh Tomorrow, the chairman of, of resorts and, and products, uh, got into his sort of presentation about blue sky ideas for Disney World. Um, and to me, I think a lot of people were kind of like, ah, oh, blue sky, like what, you know, why that but i think because the parks were closed for so long a lot of progress was sort of stopped or halted on the parks and so i think disney is sort of in this weird rebuilding phase if you will um and so i mean even though yes none of it is promised none of it is for sure gonna happen um, a lot of times Disney announces things that don't come to fruition. We got all those announcements about the Mary Poppins ride at Epcot and, and that are now seemingly uh, not happening at all anymore. So yeah, I think it was still nice to sort of hear where Imagineering's heads are at, what kind of things that they're thinking of, what things are on their radar um, so yeah, I'll just kind of go down the list of the blue sky ideas that Josh kind of touched on. So first, um, in Animal Kingdom, we all are aware that they sort of tore down a lot of the dinosaur land area. Um, so there's the dinosaur ride which for you Disneylanders who aren't familiar with Disney World Parks, it is the exact same ride as Indiana Jones, but with dinosaurs. Um, very terrifying, very scary. Uh, but uh, the area around it was all a bunch of carnival rides. And I think the premise was that like, I, I don't know what the premise was, <laughs> that we had gone back in time and, brought back dinosaurs and created a fairground. I'm not sure. Uh, but it was a bunch of like very uh, seemingly pop-up carnival rides that were all some sort of dinosaur-themed thing. And it honestly was... Animal Kingdom is my favorite park 
in Walt Disney World. I absolutely love it. It's beautiful. It's stunning. The theming is just so well done. And, um, but (laughs) the one part of that park that I was not a fan of was the dinosaur area, the dinosaur land area, just because it just, it didn't fit in with the rest of the park. It didn't feel very well thought out. It, the theming was just sort of kind of cheesy with the carnival rides. And then obviously the rides weren't all that great. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, they had, they've torn it down um, and that's all closed So obviously a lot of us Disney Parks fans have already been speculating of what's going to replace it, what's going to go there, um, what would fit in with the rest of Animal Kingdom. And they kind of shared that some blue sky thoughts for the dino area would be putting in a Zootopia area, um, as well as incorporating some Moana pieces into the area with you know sort of celebrating the ocean and and all of that good stuff i think um zootopia has been one of the ideas that a lot of folks on the interwebs have been throwing out there as theories that could take the place of dino land and honestly i i think that that is a really strong possibility for a couple of reasons one you know the dinosaur land area i think was really meant to provide a lot of um, activities for for the younger crowd, right? For the kiddos. Um, I think that the Dinoland area was really appealing to little ones. And so I imagine they'd probably want to, since taking Dinosaur out, whatever they replace it with, I feel like Disney is always mindful of um, hitting all of the demographics, you know, they always, they want the young and the old to both have something for them at all of the theme parks. So I imagine Zootopia would make a perfect fit to replace those sort of activities and, and fun things to do for the little ones. Um, also another reason why I think this could be very likely to replace, um, the dinosaur area is that they're already building a Zootopia land I believe in Tokyo Disney one of the Asian Disney parks I know is getting feel free to to comment on here and let us know what the correct park is if I am wrong but I think it's Tokyo Disney is getting a Zootopia area Um, and so you know Historically, Disney always likes to not reinvent the wheel. And so if they already have plans to put in a ride in one location, you know, why don't we just copy paste and get that going somewhere else? So I could definitely see since they're already um, developing stuff for other parks around Zootopia, that would be an easy thing to just kind of uh, produce more of whatever structures designs they're coming out with and put that into animal kingdom um moana one could be very interesting again if they're sort of going the angle of of, you know the theming of like the ocean and and creatures of the ocean um i think that's definitely one piece of animal kingdom that's missing as there's not really um a sea creature themed area which i think could be really cool and if if the imagineers got really creative um that could be a really fun area to explore um so we'll see i'm i'm interested to hear more on that obviously you know since they've torn down the dino land area that's probably going to be one of the projects that that would happen first before some of these other blue sky ones in my opinion um, but we'll, let's get to, let's talk about those other blue sky ideas that Josh tomorrow discussed. So the other, um, thing that Josh pitched was, um, I guess in Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, uh, there's some space and land that Disney can kind of play with that sits behind 
their Big Thunder Mountain. And so just sort of imagining, you know, what could lie beyond Big Thunder Mountain? What themed area or themed land could Big Thunder sort of seamlessly blend into? Um, and so one of the ideas up front was creating a cocoa themed area um, or and or an Encanto themed area. Um, those things that could be, I think could be really cool. I know for a long time since Coco came out, a lot of Disney fans were really hoping that we'd get some sort of uh, Coco representation in the parks. I think that would be amazing. You know, I still am kind of putting it out there in the universe. Uh, the Grand Fiesta Tour at Epcot could be uh, rethemed into a really cool Cocoa attraction. I don't know, just putting it out there. If you're listening, Disney, feel free to cut me a check. I'll send you my address. But, <laughs> you know, we've been wanting, um, yeah, some Cocoa at the parks. Obviously, Encanto was a huge smash hit. Um, and so I would be shocked if Disney, you know, waits too long to incorporate some sort of Encanto attraction area, what have you into the park. So, um, yeah, I think those will be interesting. I think they'll also be good fits. You know, if you think about regionally, Big Thunder Mountain is in Southwest of America. And then if you just go further beyond that, you know, uh, venturing into Central and South America with a cocoa and Encanto themed land, uh, I think could flow really nicely. And I'd be really excited to see what Imagineers could do with that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm hopeful on that. That could be a really cool thing. But we'll see. Again, this was part of the blue sky uh, section of the presentation. So none of it is promised. None of it is for sure going to happen may never happen. Who knows? Um, and then obviously this is creepy kingdom after all. Uh, so I must obviously touch on the blue sky idea of potentially having a villains themed land. Those of us who are fans of the dark and spooky at the Disney parks. And if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, I'm talking about you and me, all of us. We have been wanting a villains-themed land for I don't know how long. Um, so even this blue sky announcement, knowing, again, that it's not promised, it's not announcing that it's for sure happening, but it lets me know that we have made enough noise that Disney Imagineering does have a villain's land on their mind. They're thinking about it. They're toying around with the idea. Um, so that could be really exciting. I've, I personally, even at Disneyland, I know there have been rumors and speculation about a expansion of Disneyland's Fantasyland area, that kind of unutilized pond area behind the Matterhorn um, that is just kind of sitting unused, could be more room for Fantasyland expansion. Personally, I would love to see it turn into dark Fantasyland, and then that could be a cool little villain area. That's just me. We'll see. <laughs> and I'll kind of touch on that a little bit more in a bit. But yeah, I think, you know, Dis Disney listens. Disney listens. And I think we've put enough on the interwebs that, yeah, Disney is at least considering a villain's land enough to mention it in a park's presentation. So I'm excited about that. Again, I know it's not for sure happening, but even knowing that Imagineers are thinking about it, they're coming up with ideas for it as we speak, um, has me excited in and of itself. Um, so let's let's keep let's keep on it. All right, citizens of the creepy kingdom, I call upon you.
to keep the conversation going about a villain's theme gland in the parks. Keep talking about it. Keep posting about it. Keep hashtagging it. Keep posting your TikToks and your reels and your YouTubes and whatever, talking about how much you want a villain's land, what ideas, what things you'd like to see in it. Uh, maybe if we keep speaking on it, keep putting it out there, uh, Disney might might make it happen. Who knows? It's worth a try. Um, so yeah, and then again, kind of going back to the D23 Expo. So outside of that parks panel, um, they also had a really cool walkthrough display on the theme parks. Um, and basically they had each of the theme parks around the world um, with each theme park's upcoming attractions, things that were coming to the park. So that was really cool to get to walk through and see. Uh, and then obviously the two big things that were in there that I was most interested in um, were the Toontown models as well as the Tiana um, Splash Mountain re-theme model. Um, for, I'll start off with the Toontown model. Um, I was quite surprised on how much it looked mostly the same. Um, you know, I, I kind of sat there for a minute looking at the model. Um, obviously, the biggest change I noticed was the new El Capitune entrance to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway that we'll be getting next year. Um, but yeah, mostly everything stayed the same. Um, you know, everyone's houses are still there. Goofy's house was still in there. Donald's house is still in there, although they were both sort of reimagined. So Goofy's house is going to be more of a interactive play area and sensory area for the little ones, which it looks really cute. Um, and like it could be a lot of fun. I apologize in, in advance for any kids that I shove out of the way to go play with things, but <laughs> I won't do that. I won't shove any kids out of the way, but um, I'm a very large kid, so. I'm going to probably want to go and check out Goofy's house and go play in there. Um, <laughs> uh, the Chippendale's tree house was gone from the model. So that's definitely something that it, at least from the model looks like it will be taken out. Um, the gadgets go coaster is still there. Although the sign um, was, it looked like it was getting a rename to Chippendale's gadget coaster which is interesting um so it sounds like it's going to be getting it's going to be more focused on chippendale maybe um which can make sense because i think you know um chippendale rescue rangers was a show very popular when i was a little <laughs> and so maybe a lot of kids now might not know who gadget is um so I, I could see them wanting to sort of retheme it to Chippendale, um, especially if they're removing the treehouse. They'll want to have some sort of representation of Chippendale in Toontown, I'm certain. So that kind of makes sense. And it, I don't think it would be too complicated of a retheme. It'll probably be the same exact coaster. Um, the other thing that I had asked one of the Imagineers, they had... So with these displays and these models, there were Imagineers there and present that you could ask questions to. It always makes me laugh, though, because <laughs> the all the D23s I've been to, and this is only my third D23 I've been to, um, they always have Imagineers at these models. And, it, and they're always like, ask us anything. We're happy to answer any questions you have. And really, they're not happy to answer any questions you have because they can't say much. Um, so that's always this funny game of like trying to tease out the information that you really want to try to get about the new attraction or the new thing. Uh, they can't really say anything. Um, so it's always funny that, you know, you ask these questions and they're like, maybe, oh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but they can't really answer too many um, straightforward answers. So that's, it's always funny to me. Um, but it's also, I, I get a kick out of it. It's a lot of fun to kind of try to 
you know, read the Imagineer's faces and body language when you ask certain questions that you can see that they're not really allowed to answer um, and try to suss out what, you know, what might be going on. Um, so, yeah, I had asked about, um, on the model, we did not see Mickey and Minnie's house at all. Um, and I know they're not tearing it down, um, but I was very interested. I asked one of the Imagineers, you know, is, is there a reason that Mickey and Minnie's house wasn't included in the model? Is it getting redone? Is it going to be like a big new thing? Um, and the Imagineer was just like, oh, maybe. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what to do with that answer. I don't know if, if, is it just getting, are they just getting new paint jobs? Are they getting completely reimagined? But they don't, they want to hold it close to the vest and they don't want to say, because, you know, they didn't really make any announcements about Mickey and Minnie's house during the parks panel. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that they were not included in the model. And then when I asked, wasn't given a straightforward answer. Um, I think the Imagineer was like, oh, they, they probably just weren't included in this model to save space. And I was like, yeah, but I, I feel like Mickey and Minnie's house are very, at least when I was a kid um, in the 90s and when Toontown was at its, its peak, uh, you know, Mickey and Minnie's house were like the, the chief sellers of Toontown. Like that was what I was excited to go to Toontown for was to go see their houses and, and walk through them. So I don't know. It'll be curious. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what comes of that. Um, and then the other model again was uh, the retheme of Splash Mountain into Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Um, a lot of folks talked about kind of, you know, it, it's very different from the concept art. The concept art kind of showed us uh, Mama Odie's uh, boat treehouse up at the top. Um, and it's no longer there. It's not on the model at all. A lot of folks have theorized that it could just be that, like, structurally, they just wouldn't be able to, to do that at the extra weight of mounting the boat up there, that kind of thing. I'm sure there's some uh, construction architectural reasons behind it, maybe budget, who knows. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, you know, we really didn't get too much looking at it. I mean, there's, I think the the nighttime lighting package looks like it'll be really cool. Uh, they showed some video, you know, concept footage of what Tiana's bio adventure will look like at night. And the lighting package definitely looks very, very cool. Um, but other than that, you know, they didn't, I think people were expecting maybe a little more concept art from inside the ride. Maybe, you know, I was hoping that maybe we would get to see a sneak peek at one of the Tiana animatronics or figures that they might be using in the ride. Um, kind of similar to, you know, when the Beauty and the Beast ride came to Tokyo Disney um, and they kind of one of the first things they showed was was video of one of the Bell animatronics and all of our minds were blown it. So I was I was kind of hoping maybe we'd get to see something like that. Um, but we didn't. Um, so uh, you know, it just kind of makes me think that maybe they're a little further back in the process of planning for that um, reimagining than we may be anticipated or thought. Um, but I mean, some progress has already begun happening uh, in the Disneyland park anyway. I think for us, it's going to be a really smooth transition because Splash Mountain is right next to New Orleans Square and Tiana is from New Orleans. So our New Orleans Square is basically getting an expansion. Um, and they Disneyland just opened uh, the new Eudora's Chic Boutique which is Tiana's mom's little shop um, in New Orleans Square. Uh, that looks really cool. I have not had a chance as a recording of this podcast. I have not had a chance to go see it myself in person yet, uh, but it looks super cute. It looks well-designed. The detail looks amazing. So I'm really excited to go check that out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still have 
high hopes uh, that the ride is going to be amazing. Um, but I think I think I was expecting to see a little more, like a little more sneak peek of something. Um, and yeah, we didn't really get too much on that front. Um, so speaking of things that I was kind of expecting to be touched on in the parks panel, um, I'm going to start off. I went to D23 on Saturday and my entire outfit was meant to be a troll for Disney. Uh, I came in a completely Tomorrowland themed outfit and my shirt said, what about Tomorrowland? Uh, because I had really hyped myself up. I think along with a lot of other people, you know who you are, you know, a lot of things, a lot of whispers have been coming through the interwebs, a lot of cryptic social media posting by certain Imagineers, a lot of little things and hints here and there um, that a lot of us hardcore Disney parks fans were kind of latching on to that were pointing towards the fact that we may be getting some sort of announcement about Tomorrowland or Tomorrowland overhaul. Now I will say I was not, I, I was not expecting like a full presentation on this is what we're going to do. And here's the attractions we're going to have. And you know, uh, any kind of crazy, uh, you know, big announcements that were for sure happening. You know, part of me even wasn't really expecting an announcement of People Mover coming back. I know that was the big one was everybody was, was anticipating that there was going to be an announcement around the People Movers coming back. Uh, and there wasn't. Um, but I was really surprised that Tomorrowland was not brought up Given the fact that Josh DeMauro did a whole blue sky section of the panel. So for me, you know, as, as all the announcements were happening in the parks, I was like, okay, we're probably, we're, we're probably not going to get a Tomorrowland announcement. But then when Josh DeMauro was like, Hey, we're let's start talking about some blue sky things. You know, these things aren't for sure greenlit, but you know, we just wanted to share some things we were thinking about. I kind of got really excited of like, oh, this is where we'll hear about them thinking about Tomorrowland, right? Because the blue sky section of the presentation was really just sort of, here are things that Imagineers are thinking about. Here are things we are looking at and considering. And I feel like a Tomorrowland overhaul could have easily fit into that section of just like a, hey, Disneylanders. We know you're asking about Tomorrowland. We know that that's been on your minds for many years and it's been on ours too. And, you know, we don't have any solid plants right now, but here's some of our blue sky ideas for Tomorrowland. I was really surprised that it wasn't even whispered during the blue sky section. I feel like that could have been a perfect moment to sort of touch on it because I think you know, again, I was not expecting any solid plans or announcement around Tomorrowland. But I think a lot of us Disneyland hardcore fans are just, we just want to know that it's on their radar. I think for us, it's just, we really want to hear that Disney parks and Imagineering are thinking about it. We're brainstorming ideas. We're trying to come up with some concepts. You know, here's a couple of different concept arts. We're not, you know, married to any of these, but, you know, these are all some concepts that we've come up with thus far. Uh, we know that, that something needs to be done about Tomorrowland and we're thinking about it. It's on our mind. I think for me, that's something I really want to hear from Disney is at least that they acknowledge that they need to do something about Tomorrowland. Um, just the acknowledgement. You don't have to promise me anything. You don't have to make any big plans. You don't have to, you know, set a strict timeline. Uh, but I think the fans just want to know that Disney's thinking about it as much as we are. And that would have been 
you know, if you're gonna go the blue sky route of, hey, we're just gonna throw out random ideas at you to get you excited, even though none of these things are for sure happening, but we just want to throw it out there. That could have been a time where you threw out a Tomorrowland bone. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but they didn't. There was not, after all this buildup and all this speculation and all these breadcrumbs that we've been eaten up uh, for especially the past couple of months leading up to D23, uh, I think a lot of us were hyped to hear something and we heard absolutely nothing about Tomorrowland. So that was a huge bummer. Um, the other thing that I thought for sure was going to get brought up during D23 that wasn't acknowledged at all Um was the Tarzan treehouse retheming? Um, ever since the par- the Disneyland parks have reopened from COVID, um, that treehouse has been closed. It's been under construction. They've done. They've torn out a huge chunk of it to open up that Adventureland to New Orleans Square walkway. Uh, they, you know, it's come out. Word has come out. I don't know if Disney officially announced it themselves, but word has come out through the grapevine that it was definitely getting retheming and it wasn't going to be Tarzan anymore. And there were theories that it was going to be Encanto. And now there's theories that it's going to be Society of Explorers and Adventurers, all these kind of suspicions going around. Um, and being that construction is so heavily happening on the treehouse currently like right now i think i was really expecting that they were gonna announce what they were doing with it and what was gonna happen with it because i just feel like you've come this far uh in the process of uh of working on it um i don't know and i don't know what that means a lot of people are thinking that maybe they had an original plan and have scrapped it and are now in the process of trying to re-figure out what they're going to do with the treehouse next. Um, I don't know. Uh, I was I was really surprised that there was not even a word about um, what the treehouse is going to become, which is very curious. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I think for me, honestly, it was mainly just... Tomorrowland. Um, I was expecting something about that. Um, yeah, and then expecting something about the treehouse. I think maybe also I, I kind of was hoping to get, you know, since Disneyland has been sort of quietly revamping Fantasyland, sort of attraction by attraction, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we got... Like, bit by bit, we got, you know, with Small World, they added in all of the the Disney characters into the different sections of the ride. And then we got um, a whole redo of Alice in Wonderland, and, and that's really well done. And then we just got, um, last year, we just got the reimagining of Snow White's Scary Adventures, now Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Um, so I think part of me was expecting that they were going to announce another fantasy land attraction that might be getting an overhaul soon. Maybe Pinocchio. I was thinking maybe we were going to get an announcement of like, oh, you know, Pinocchio's next. Pinocchio's the next, you know, classic dark ride that's going to get, you know, a little bit of a, uh, overhaul, um, and a plussing at Disneyland, um, but yeah, they, they they didn't announce any next Fantasyland project. So I think that was maybe the only other thing that I might have thought that they would announce, um, but did not. Um, yeah, so I mean, I know there's a lot of feelings out there. I've, I've been hearing from a lot of folks that they were kind of let down with the Parks panel, kind of disappointed. I would be lying if I said I wasn't, again, mainly because of Tomorrowland, I was hoping to get something, anything, any little crumb, any little morsel about Tomorrowland, and we just didn't. 
Um, you know, again, most of the announcements were things we already knew were coming down the pipeline. Um, so it was just sort of reaffirming that those things were still coming. But I also am, am sort of cutting Disney some slack on this one because I think with the pandemic, they lost a lot of momentum. Um, and I think that's really, you know, the, the result of, or what we saw in the parks panel is just that, you know, they lost a lot of momentum. And so they're having to just sort of carry on with these projects that they sort of started on, had to pause, um, and then are, are picking it back up again. Um, so who knows, maybe in two years time, the next D23, we'll get a lot more. We'll have a much more robust panel. Um, Something else I was surprised about actually was the 100th celebration. So uh, next year is the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. And uh, the only announcements they made for that was that Disneyland was getting a new fireworks show and a new version of World of Color that we're going to celebrate the 100th anniversary. Um, which I'm a little surprised by that that's all that they announced, you know, the next D23, if they stick to the every other year plan is not going to be till 2024. So the hundred celebration will be over by then. Um, so yeah, I was a little surprised that they're not really doing much in any of the other parts. Um, around the hundredth anniversary, uh, I was expecting a little more of like a global, Disney celebration that all the parks were going to have special shows and all the parks were doing things, but it sounds like they're just sticking to Disneyland. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. That was, that was curious, very curious. Um, around the 100th, I was like, Oh, that's it. It's just shows at Disneyland and that's all we're doing for the hundredth. Hopefully there'll be more. I'm sure there'll be a ton of 100th merch. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was curious that there weren't too many announcements for any of the other parks or anything going on anywhere else. So yeah, um, but like I said, overall, yes, I was a little disappointed because I was really hoping for something for Tomorrowland. But after thinking about it, I was like, well, I think this, I think Disney's, this is a weird sort of uh year of trying to pick back up the momentum for Disney. So I'm, I guess I'm a little willing to cut them a little bit of slack in that, you know, they're really just sort of trying to pick up the ball where it got dropped with the pandemic and then trying to keep going forward with the things that they have. And because of that, they just didn't have that much to announce, um, at this D23. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts citizens of the creepy kingdom you know what do you think what do you think about the announcements we got were there things that you all were expecting or really wanted to be announced that just weren't um yeah i'm, I'm curious to hear where you all are at and then the blue sky stuff are you you know how do you feel about the blue sky stuff are you really excited for it you know, what is the likelihood that you all think that these things might happen? Do you think we'll get a villain's land finally? Do you think it will actually happen? I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. Again, I think if we keep putting it out there, keep talking about it, keep the conversation going, Disney might make it happen. So anyway, another thing that I need to bring up about the D23 Expo um, is I had my dreams come true. So I am uh, a big, obviously, if you can guess from this podcast and my involvement with Creepy Kingdom in general, I am a huge Disney theme park fan. Uh, and I think any Disney theme park fan will also be a huge fan of the legendary Imagineers behind the Disney parks. Uh, it has been on my bucket list for a long time. It has been my hopes and dreams and wishes to someday get the opportunity to meet Joe Rody, the genius behind all of Animal Kingdom, 
and then also to meet Tony Baxter, who is the genius behind Disneyland Paris, behind uh, Indiana Jones, uh, among other things. And of course, the most important of all, the most underrated, unappreciated, disrespected by James H. Carter II. Okay, I'm calling you out. Um, this attraction is legendary and it deserves the respect on its name. I am talking about Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Okay. It is great. Don't come for me. It does not get the love that it deserves. But uh, I have always wanted to meet these two Imagineers. Um, and insanely... I got to meet both of them at D23 this year on Saturday when I went. I ran into Joe Rohde when I was going through the theme park display on the exhibit hall floor. Uh, And so I got an opportunity to just ask him for a quick picture. I didn't get to talk with him long because obviously we were in the theme park pavilion (laughs) area of the the exhibit hall floor so there were a lot of hardcore theme park fans there and he had sort of garnered quite a spectacle around him everybody was asking for photos and um you know asking him questions and whatnot so i didn't get to chat with him for very long just got a chance to tell him that i absolutely adore animal kingdom it's my favorite disney world park Uh, and i got a picture with him and I'm very proud that I got a picture with him in my What About Tomorrowland shirt. Uh, if you are a hardcore uh, Disney theme park nerd like me who follows all of the speculation and all of the uh, theories and all the things on the interwebs, um, a long time ago, the word on the Disney parks streets were that uh, Joe Rody was spotted surveying Tomorrowland at Disneyland Park and the rumor was that he was placed in charge of overseeing planning for a Tomorrowland overhaul Um, and this was obviously before he uh, resigned from Disney Imagineering but um, yeah that was that was the the rumor going around for a really long time Um, so the fact that I got a picture with him in my what about tomorrowland shirt i thought was very very epic uh and i i was quite excited about that um and then you know i'm just walking around the floor with my friends checking out the rest of disney's offerings we come around the corner and who do we run into the man the myth the legend the tony baxter uh and i nearly lost my mind uh and of course we we got a picture with him as well and and i got a chance to tell him how much i love big thunder mountain railroad um you know if you're listening to this and you love big thunder mountain as much as i do which you should because it's great um please campaign for james to allow me to do a big thunder mountain deep dive on this podcast i would like a very special episode of the dark theme park show doing a deep dive on big thunder mountain railroad i'm putting it out there right here right now james your move anyway (laughs) uh yeah but getting back to meeting these two legends it was amazing i i it was on my bucket list and it was in my dreams to meet them someday i just didn't imagine it was going to be on the same day <laughs> at D23 Expo. Um, so that was, those both were really magical moments uh, that I'm really excited about. This has been your very special episode of Creepy Kingdom's Dark Theme Park Show. I am your host, Tanisha, the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, and yeah, thanks to James for letting me take over this time around. Hopefully he doesn't regret it. I don't care. It's fine. (laughs) He'll get over it. Uh, But yeah, hopefully I'll get to talk to you all and chat again with my fellow Diz nerds and Disney theme park community. 
Uh, and hopefully next time I'll actually get to sit down and chat with James because him and I both love nerding out about the theme parks and particularly Disney theme parks. So hopefully this won't be the last of me. You'll hear from me again. Uh, but after all that said and done, make sure to do all the things on all of the social medias, follow us on Instagram, follow our YouTube channel, like our, like and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, stay tuned for all the things we have coming for you. It is spooky season after all, so there's going to be lots of spooky goodness coming your way. Uh, and yeah, keep it creepy. This podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy. (laughs) 